Well, hi, and thanks for letting me into your space and into your lounge. It's kind of different, isn't it? It's a different world we're living in, different type of church. And some of your houses have been turned upside down. You've got offices and some of you have got schools in your place and some of you even got down isolation bunkers. But life's very different, hey? And church is very different, but it's important for us to remember that there's many people who are hurting at this time. There's a lot of people who are going through some tough stuff, and some of you might be hitting some tough stuff. Maybe work is not sure about at the moment, or maybe you've lost business, or, or maybe you're just uh, worried and anxious, and there's a lot of that out in our community. I was with a guy two weeks ago when we could still have a coffee, and we were sitting having a coffee, and before we finished our coffee, he'd lost over $100,000 worth of business. I mean, this is real. But the Bible said this, and Jesus, just before he died and went to the cross, which we celebrated in a few weeks' time, he said this. He said, there will be troubles of many kind in this world, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. And that's such a truth there. In Philippians 4, he also said this. He said, be worried and be anxious about nothing but through prayer. And I want to encourage you right now. Is this a good time to push together and to encourage each other from a distance? But it's important that we push into God and we get close to God at this time. So I want to encourage you to pray. Pray for each other. Pray and ask God what he's saying and get, maybe spend time hanging out with him a little bit more. You know, Mark, a couple, last week he did a great message and if you haven't heard it, please get online. Um, and if you don't go to Elevate, maybe you're just visiting this site. I encourage you to check out Elevate Church. It's a great church. And last week, Mark started a thing called Miracles Happen. And it's what we need right now, isn't it? We could do with a miracle right now. Now, I'm not sure where your journey of faith is or where you are traveling on that journey of faith. You may not even have one. But if you do and if you don't, I want to ask you, you just hang in here for a bit and just consider what would it be like if there was a God and that we could call on him in these times of need? The word that's thrown around at the moment is this word that we're all using, isolation, to be to isolate. We've got to isolate. And it's so important. But the word isolate actually means to separate and also says to be unhappy. Isolation is a tough thing. And I've hated being at home by myself, um, isolating and not connecting with people because we're social animals. But we're also designed to connect with God because God is a miracle-making God. And I want to suggest to you today that his desire is that we would not only engage him, but we would connect with him because he wants to do a miracle of healing in our lives. That's what he came for, to heal the brokenhearted. And I want to take you to a story of a man today who was isolated. He was isolated on a mat in the time of Jesus. And it was in this place called Bethesda. And at Bethesda, there's these pools and there's these little porticos around, five of them actually, it says. And as the pool bubbled up, people who were sick would go and jump in that pool and hope to be healed. Well, let's just pick up the story, if you don't mind. Let's go to John chapter 5. I love the book of John and I love all the way through. John has got seven miracles. And those seven miracles all the time are just to help us understand that there is a God and he is alive. Let me read this to you. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days or feasts. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame or paralysed, 
laid on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. Some of you aren't even that old. 38 years, that's a long time to be going and hoping for healing. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Sounds like a crazy question, doesn't it? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Know that feeling. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. Let me just take you a little bit to this environment. Jesus walks in to this place and there's this man laying on a mat. Now, this mat was probably about two metres by one metre. And he probably would have only laid there and if it, most he may have been able to lift himself up maybe half a metre. So all he saw was really people's kneecaps. And he was there for 38 years. For the last 38 years, this man has got been taken to this pool, laid down, and he's laying there waiting to get into the pool for healing. See, this mat was his mat of isolation. You see, that mat represented his world. His whole world was there. So you might be struggling to be in, isolated in a house of maybe three bedrooms or four bedrooms and a couple of bathrooms. This man was isolated every day on a mat. See, we're all living in a mat of boundaries. And the boundaries is our world. It's our life. Some of those boundaries that we have there are filled with lots of experiences. Some of them good, having children or getting married, going on trips. But some of them are filled with pain. But what kept this man in this world? And what keeps you and I in the world we're in? Because unless we could step out of that, we're not going to discover a greater world, the world that we call the kingdom of God. He's on this mat laying there. There were three things that held that man on this mat. Of course, the first one was his, was his brokenness. This man was isolated because of his brokenness. You know, we're all broken somehow. But this man couldn't move. His brokenness had held him up. I know for myself there's been times where I just cannot move on. Maybe the brokenness of anxiety. Maybe the brokenness of fear. Maybe it's a brokenness of bad habits that I just can't get rid of. Maybe addictions. And these this brokenness of our lives just seems to hold us back. Maybe it's the brokenness of, of feeling about who I think I am and bad thoughts about myself. These things are broken things that we weren't ever made to have and they hold us on our mat. We can't get off our mat. That's our world. But the other thing that was held this man on this mat was he had no friends. See, relationships have a power to hold us on our mats. Maybe it's a broken relationship. I just can't move on. I had that relationship once before, so I'm not going to trust you again. Maybe it's a relationship of betrayal with somebody who said, I'm, I'm going to be with you, I'm going to stand with you, and they're the very ones that turn against you. Jesus understood that one. Or maybe it's the brokenness of a bad marriage and you've had a divorce and you're just struggling to get back into other relationships. You don't trust other people anymore. I wonder what it is that would hold you back. See, there's another thing that held this man back, and we see it at the end where it says that he was... 
It was because it was on the Sabbath. You see, the Sabbath was something that God put into place, but the rabbis and the teachers looked and they built this law up and they made all these reasons and things that you shouldn't do on the Sabbath. And one of those was you weren't supposed to work. You see, he was never going to be healed on that Sabbath because it was against their beliefs. I wonder what beliefs hold us back from moving off our mat and discovering something of God. You see, maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and it's the habit of going to church or it's the habit of of these beliefs that we've been given and they just hold us up on our mat. You know, there's some people who have got beliefs who aren't Christians about who God is or what church is. You know, don't trust the church. And, and because of that, it holds me back from discovering God, discovering who he is. But some, here's the good news. The good news is this. I want to tell you the good news. You see, the good news is that Jesus came into the porch. He didn't have to. In fact, he shouldn't have done because in going in there, he would have made himself unclean and unworthy to go to worship. But he walked into that porch. He went right up to the man who'd been there for 38 years and he stood by his mat. I love the scripture in, one, in John 1 where it says, and the word became flesh. And in the message it says, and became our neighbour. You see, Jesus came to earth. That's amazing. God, the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, decided to come in the form of flesh and come and dwell with us. See, Jesus walked into this man's world and Jesus wants to walk into our world. You might not think he's there, but he's desiring to walk into your world. You may not think you're worthy, but he, he says you are. He hangs around with those that don't think they're worthy. This Jesus wants to walk into your world. He walks into this man's place. But then he says, do you want to get well? Seems like a crazy question, as I said before. But you've got to read it in its context. You've got to read it from the original text. Because really what he's saying is, would you give me authority? Would you actually look to me as the one who has, has authority? Reminds you of a little story. There's a little boy. I made this up myself. But it's a good story. This little boy goes home from school every day. And on the way home from school, there's this toy shop. And he has to stop by the toy shop. And there in the window of this toy shop is this beautiful red remote control Ferrari. Loves it. He keeps walking past, but it's far too expensive for him. But every day he walks past hoping he could have it and hoping that someone else doesn't go and buy it before he can save up his pocket money together. But he doesn't seem to be getting far enough because it's far too expensive. But every day he walks past and he stops at that shop. One day he was walking with his dad and his dad was walking him home. And he runs ahead of his dad and he goes up to the shop window and he looks in that shop window and he's staring at that beautiful red Ferrari, really wanting it. And his dad says to him, comes up and just walks behind him quietly and he sees the, the glow on this boy's face and he says to him, son, do you want that? Of course he wants it. But you see, it was more than just someone saying, do you want it? This was his father who has authority to go in and buy it, who has authority to pay for it. He's got the wallet and he's got the money. Because the boy says, well, you bet I want it, Dad. So he goes in with his son and they ask the man if they can have that red Ferrari. He picks it up and Dad takes out his wallet, pulls out the money and gives it. 
You see, that's the same with you and me. I mean, are you looking for joy? Are you looking for peace? Are you looking for a healing of a broken heart? Or maybe you're looking for physical healing. And you're looking at it and you're thinking, I want it, I want it, I want it. Well, your Father God steps into your world and he says, do you really want it? Because I have authority to give that to you. It says in the scripture, you have not because you ask not. He has authority to give that. So this man, he, he, he gets healed. He's like on that mat and all of a sudden he can feel his legs and he's, he's getting power back and he stands up. And he rolls up his mat. He rolls up his world. He rolls up his life. He puts it under his arm and he walks into where? The temple. You see, God wants you to move on. The healing is there for you, but he wants you to move on in relationship with him. He wants you to know that he's alive in this circumstance we're facing right now. And he wants to tell you that he can heal you. I do believe God is a great healer. I'll just share a personal story with you. It's a personal story that's close to my heart. And it's very real because it explains to me, and reminds me constantly that our God is a God that wants to step into our world. And he wants to heal us. And he wants to restore us. Many years ago, 1994, I remember the day, my wife and I had a very traumatic experience. Our little boy, not quite two, had a terrible accident. We rushed him to the hospital. We took him to emergency there at Princess Margaret. And for a couple of days, they tried to keep him alive. Now, as I say, I believe in healing. I've seen people who should be dead come, to life, come alive again and have fullness of life. And I got every preacher you could think of, every pastor in Perth, those that can walk on water. I got them there to come and pray for my son. But you know what? He wasn't healed. And he ended up dying in my arms. That was pretty powerful. And it broke our hearts. See, the thing about my little boy, Jess, is that when he was young and sometimes I had the pleasure of putting him to sleep and I would rock him to sleep in my arms to a song, a beautiful worship song that said, in the father's arms. And then he dies in my arms. And then on his plaque at Pinaru, it actually says, now in the arms of Jesus. You can imagine after that terrible situation for months afterwards, we were hurting. We were crushed. Our heart was broken. Our soul was broken. And we were in a place of protection. We were isolating our heart from God. We were isolating our heart from other people. We were keeping to ourselves, trying to come to terms with the pain that we were feeling. One day, it was probably about a month later now, we went to a church and visited this church. No one knew we were coming. We were turned up just after it started, like most good Christians do. And we turned up and we were sitting in this church and I had a guest speaker there that day, somebody I've never met. He was from New Zealand, so there's no way he knew me. In no way he knew our circumstance. He was a great preacher, told lots of jokes, can't tell you what he preached about, but there they go, who remembers. And then at the end of his sermon, he said, God's just put on my heart, there's a couple here today who are grieving. Well, you can imagine everyone is grieving. Many of you at home or online are listening to this, are grieving over something, maybe you lost a brother or a sister or a mum or a dad or you might be grieving over a loss of a job right now. But he said, there's a couple here and you're grieving. So everybody goes forward and I'm sitting there and I think it was my wife who said, do you think we should go forward? 
So, well, let's go. But, you know, I'm still isolated in my heart from everybody. So we went forward and uh, as he went forward, he's praying for everybody and, and it was really quite exciting. We were sort of at the back and I was just, uh, just thinking, oh, well, it'd be nice to have someone pray for us. But then he saw us and he came over and he wrapped his arms around us as if to say, you are the ones I've got the word for. And as he wrapped his arms around us and he starts to pray, but then he says, he said, I see with tears, again, he's rolling down his face. He says, I see your little boy is in the arms of Jesus and he's crying with you. You see, he wouldn't have known that. It could have been anybody. But you see, God, the God who decided to come into my world, the God who saw us isolating our hearts, isolating our spirit, came up and invited us to get off our mat. And he had a word. Did he heal my son? No. But he healed our heart. Do I still miss my boy? You bet. Do I still weep and cry over the loss of my boy? You bet. But I know this, that my God and my King and my Lord and my Saviour has my boy. And he has him in his arms because that's his promise. You see, Jesus wants to come into your place. He might be even standing at your door right now, it says, and knocking. He might be standing at the end of your mat of isolation, whatever that might be. And he invites you to stand up. He invites you to roll up all the pain that's in there and put it under your arm and to move forward with him. That's the challenge today. And I trust as we go through this season of unknowns that this would be a great chance where we would hear the voice of God and we would step into everything he has. He said he had come to give you abundant life. He is the healer. He wants to heal the broken heart. He wants to heal your physical sickness. He wants to heal us of relationships. He wants us to become new again because that was his goal. That was his desire. That was his plan. I want to pray for you if you don't mind. And some of you today, if you've never actually accepted Jesus into your heart, maybe you've, you've never started that journey of faith, you can do it. I mean, I'm sure you can email the... the uh, um, elevate church and check them out, that would be great. Or you can contact us some way. We'd love to talk to you personally over the phone. But I want to encourage you, if you've never given your life to Jesus, this is the chance to do that. And I want to make a prayer for you right now. Maybe if you, you would just join in with me as I make this prayer. And we just close our eyes just simply so that we can just cut everything off and just focus on that with who we talk to. And that's our Father God. So, Father God, I just want to talk to you right now. And I want to say, Father, for those that haven't given their life to Jesus, that are listening online right now, would they see you standing at the edge of their mat? And maybe you might repeat this prayer for me. Lord Jesus, today I hear your call and I want to give my life to you. I ask for your forgiveness for the things that have held me back from you. And I ask now that you would give me that new life you promised. Amen. But I want to make another prayer, if you don't mind too, while you're sitting there in your room. And this is a prayer for healing. And maybe today, this prayer for you might just change your world. Father, I want to pray right now for those that are listening online. For those that 
that are struggling with the pain of relationship, broken relationship, disappointments in marriage. And God, I want to ask by your spirit right now that you would cause us to get off our mat and that you would heal because you are the God who is bigger than broken relationships. You are the God who is bigger than anxiety. For those who are struggling with anxiety and fear and worry, I pray, God, that you would pour peace into their heart. You would heal them of that right now in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for those that are struggling with physical stuff. Maybe they've just had the doctor just told them that life isn't going to be too good and it's, it's limited. I'm going to pray right now for each one. Lord, as though I was there right now, that you would heal them of physical sickness. Father, I want to pray. I want to pray for those who are worried about their future. God, we lift up to you right now those things that would hold us back and that you would cause a miraculous healing in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. If God has answered your prayer, make sure you text us or you, you send a message in to Elevate and let us know about what God is doing in your life. Thank you.